Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Salt Mine. We are here for episode two, and we've got ourselves a four-man squad on the show today. My name is Gordo. My name is Nyarko. My name is Bonfire. And I'm TDS. And we are coming at you. We've made it to episode two, the second hardest episode to make first hardest is the first one a third hardest will probably be like the fifth one or something when we're in the middle of the season and we're exhausted because there have been a lot of games and we're going to be watching like 80 competitive games a week we get deeper and deeper into the season here uh just a couple of quick housekeeping things for the show here first of all thank you to everybody who tuned in to episode one be sure to keep letting us know on twitter and everything what you guys want to see in future episodes uh, but super happy that so many people tuned in the first time around. Additionally, NACLQs start off this weekend, the very first tournament uh, that will determine who competes in the relegation tournament coming towards the end of the split. You'll be able to catch Slayer, TDS, and I on the Team Ambition stream, so check that out on the Team Ambition Twitter. And catch Narco and Bonfire somewhere else, TBD. Stay tuned to their Twitters as well. We'll find that out. But it's going to be a fun weekend. Stakes are higher than ever. as uh, so You can now actually qualify for a whole league rather than just that one Proving Grounds tournament. And uh, LEC doesn't matter right now. You can, you can afford to watch some NACLQs. But with that said, let's get into week one of the NACL. It was a banger week all around. And I think the most fun place to start would be with our discussion of player of the week. So I want to open this up to the crowd here and see who has a good candidate for their player of the week here after all 36 games of week one have been played. Um, I got to say, um, a lot of good teams, a lot of upsets. We'll get into that. Um, I do want to preface it with saying did not watch every single game. I know I do have a life and it's difficult to watch every single game. There's so many of them. Uh, I do like this new format though, just kind of an aside. I think it, it allows for um, more competition and actually like competitive drafts. It's not just like a one-off, but I do have to say for the player that carried his team the most. And I think also a bit of a surprise, uh, his team, a lot of us didn't have them picked uh, CLG copy. I think is my shout for best player. Uh, Gordo, I know me and you were watching some of his VODs together. You're just blown away. Him and Jenkins, the duo that they've created, uh, his Akali just looks world-class. Honestly, I think he could be LCS ready very, very soon. Yeah, I, I liked Copy for sure this week. I think the first series was a little bit of the Meech show, the the CLG versus CLG Faith series. Uh, Copy was a little bit quieter there, but I did think that that second series of his uh where they ended up taking down the um who was it it was the FlyQuest fam squad uh those guys that was a really yeah. big copy series for sure yeah and i feel like that series also it, it showed that it, uh, he could get pushed to the brink and kind of have to be that player and he stood up and i think that's what i think was more impressive because i see what you're saying about the meat show in game one uh, in the first series but I don't know. In my opinion, it felt like CLG kind of had that one from the jump. The FlyFam series really pushed CLG, um, especially that first game. Um, Meech didn't really show out as expected. Um, Kevy didn't really show out as expected. And so, I don't know. I was just blown away with Copy and Jenkins. Um, and I just think Copy had 
was less um, prone to int than Jenkins was just a little bit. So copy edges it out for me. I can't say that I'm anti-copy as a nomination for best player of the week. I was thoroughly impressed with their gameplay. We already brought up those Akali games. Absolutely popping off on carries is kind of what I'm looking for as the standard for a good mid laner. But I'm going to keep the mid lane story going, actually, and nominate someone else in that role. I think Emenez is actually my player of the week. And this is coming as partially just a raw performance deal. C9 Challengers obviously popping off going 4-0 in this first week. But beyond that, I think that Emenez was one of those people who in our first episode I said was an unknown quantity and I was a little bit shaky on C9 because of that but he really has kind of patched up any holes and doubts that I have with this roster and I think that he had some incredible performance on a wide diversity of champions a lot of mages there but that Vex game in particular really impressed me it was up again EG challengers Robbie Bob who we probably won't be seeing too much more in this league just because they were coming in as a substitute but still it was a dominant performance I think it was one that Tomio was able to play off fantastically and from there it looks like this is a team that is just chugging along and doing super well yeah blaze as well probably not the the highest level of competition that mns is going to have to play against this split um but you know cloud nine all around look crazy here they were just they popped off in every single role but for sure i think i agree with you i think mns really ends up being one of the highest level players there and you'll see that throughout this episode, I have a few different things that I'm going to kind of latch on to. One of them is me seeing what happens to C9 challengers in the future. This is one of the teams that I'm really excited for the future few weeks of, just because I think that they have a lot to prove in terms of really cementing themselves as a top competitor. And I do think that Gordo, what you're bringing up there is kind of one of the only real knocks against them in terms of a ranking where they're put near the pinnacle, um, just because they may not have had the hardest run through of these four games. In the future, they're going to have a lot more. Beyond that, I got some other teams to talk about, although they are on, say, the other side of the list. We're going to have some real CLG faith hope coming in. Oh, you had to push them like that just now, right? But I will close it out then with the players because I feel like everyone already kind of touched on some of them. I wish I could go for another mid laner. Everyone knows that I'm really high on APA and I think that he performed well enough. But honestly, the mo the player that I was the most impressed with and I think that deserves the shout out here is Moose Hater to me because... I honestly didn't think he was going to perform this well. Wildcard, one of the few teams that actually stock up in the in the top of the league, being from the professional teams. Yeah, Moose Hater really impressed me as well. I mean, what can you say? He dominated on Garen out of anything. And we saw some other players actually try to imitate his style, but they just could not make it work to the same degree that Wildcard did. And yeah, really, this is going to kind of latch on to what I think is like a bigger point about Wildcard in general, but we got to wait to get there. Yeah. Yeah. His Zach was unbelievable too. He's just a disruptor, man. I He hates Mooses. He hates... So this is the real question is for the rest of the podcast is it does he hate mooses or does he hate meese? And I feel like that's the biggest question that we all have to answer. Because I'm gonna say meese. I think there's, I think you call him meese. There's I, a difference. I think the technical plural is just moose, but moosen maybe moosei. But I like meese. I think meese is really funny. Meese is just good, man. That is. I honestly didn't know about that, but yeah, just finishing it. Like I think he performed greatly. The 
random picks to call like that, but honestly, they are smart picks that he pulled through were really good to pull an extra edge over on team. And honestly, now looking forward, it can actually give them a, a little bit of an edge on certain teams that don't have particularly good top laners. We saw one of them sadly get smashed by him, and it's one that I was already kind of expecting him to not do that well on the top lane. But I don't think that top lane particularly is going to be a place where a lot of teams can look through to shine. And I think that that is something that Wildcard can take advantage with, especially with Moose Haters performing like this. I I, was, I liked Moose Haters' performance. I really actually... I, I have a lot of highlight players for Wildcard, for sure, that I think when we start getting off specific players, I'll definitely talk about for a bit. Uh, I do think I have Eminus as my player of the week. Like I said, you know, that Eminus is just that guy. He is that man. He is going to carry so many games this split. Um, yeah, clear standout. Even his worst game, his Lux, uh, in the final game that he played this week. Um, you know, that was, first of all, in the position of being in a counter matchup, uh, a really off meta counter matchup that he had to uh, do to enable this Karma flex pick. Uh, and he still ended up, he got the solo kill uh, before he started, you know, dying a whole bunch. And he still managed to make a lot of uh, great bindings happen in the later game. Honestly, we should have seen it coming, considering that he is one of the few Korean imports that hasn't played a lot before, and he's also toxic. Like, Cloud9, that combo with Cloud9 actually works out. Yeah. So, honestly, it should have seen it coming a bit. It is. So, what I do want to say is, well, technically, MNS is my pick. Uh, to add a fourth name into the pool uh, here, I think I think Yuji deserves an honorable mention as well. I was so impressed by Yuji this week. I think I talked about Yuji and Spyrax uh, in our first episode being able to step up and be like a top mid jungle duo in the league. I think in their first series uh, where they played up against, um, it was up against AOE, uh, Spyrax really let them down on their half there. It was kind of a big underperformance from him, but I think Yuji was consistent throughout the whole week. Uh, and, you know, 3-1 scoreline, pretty respectable. And I think a lot of that is attributable to Yuji. And I think that this isn't to say that there are other players that impressed me. There's just kind of this differentiation I feel that has to be made between players that I'm very pleasantly surprised by and that I can't wait to see more of and also just best player in the league. I think that we've touched upon basically everybody, I would say, that stands out as a star, someone that I can nominate for player of the week. But as we move deeper down into this episode, I really do want to highlight some of these other players. Yuji is one of them. I'm not putting them as player of the week just because they while they always performed very well they weren't necessarily something that allowed for fly to just dumpster teams um and I'm, it's kind of the same thing with sniper i was very much impressed by a lot of that solo laning a lot of those dynamics that we really wanted to tease out of 100 thieves but this isn't necessarily translating quite as much as it does in the case of eminence to me saying this is a team to beat this is a team that is really coherently demonstrated that they're a power player so let's get into a discussion about what I think was one of the big like storylines this past week, which is these amateur teams who have already stepped up to be up at the top of the standings. Uh, you know, we take them in either order here, but Cincinnati Fear and Wildcard have just had nuts starts here. I think Cincinnati Fear, you know, they come in with the slightly more down to earth scoreline of being four and two. Uh, whereas, you know, wildcard sitting at the big four and O, but I think Cincinnati fear did it against, you know, a little bit tougher competition. So both of these teams really come out of the week, I think looking way better than most of us would have expected. 
And it's an important conversation when we talk about this, like professional teams, right? Because a lot of the times when the season starts, it's always a conversation of how many games can they take off of the big teams? More so than if they are going to be good or if they're going to be baddies. Can they take any or will the big teams, the actual challenger teams, be the ones that will destroy everything? And then in the off chance, there's going to be games that are taken. And I think that they took away expectations that honestly, a lot of people probably had on certain teams. We did have really bad expectations on fear considering our week one power ranking so i'm not I, I don't think that this is something that we're going to see consistently from them but i think that they perform in a way that at least showcases that they are not in a dire need of the coach or that their players alone can try and pull it off speak for yourself i don't know tds i had <laughs> fear as 13th all right i am miles ahead of all the rest of you guys yeah, true first <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would say, TDS, that I don't actually think that this is much of a fluke. I think that Cincinnati Fear is going to be keeping a similar scoreline throughout most of the split. They very much impressed me. Kind of going back to what I was saying earlier when it came to player of the week, while I don't think that Faisal is a player that stands as the best in the league they definitely came to impress i'm right back on the u-turn towards being hyped about them again i remarked in the first episode that after thinking a little bit more about it i was a bit more down on him but no he's showing out and he's dumpstering a lot of these players and so you know you also talked a little bit about how you think top lane isn't really a lane for a lot of teams to play through just because of the talent pool there but honestly between faisal between sniper I think that this is really going to be a very exciting set of clashes that we're going to get, especially in these future matchups. Um, just in general, going back to this overarching narrative about these teams in the provisional kind of grouping actually doing much better than expected. I think that what I'm super pumped about is the fact that very few teams seem to be lacking any signs of life. When I was watching a few games of the Gordo, I was remarking that it seems like everybody's still kicking, even if they maybe get a little bit gapped in lane, even if they're a little bit behind, most of these teams are still really looking to make plays. They aren't just folding over and falling over. This is a league with a lot of dense competition in that middle band of teams. And I think that that is due to how much these provisionals outside of one or two ex exceptions are really just kind of defying expectations Nako, don't um fall over while you're trying to backpedal you had cincinnati fear as the 16th team in the league yeah so... i i know i i'm not falling over while i'm backpedaling i am fully prepared to take those train tracks all the way back down to recidivismville man like faisal was one of those weak points i was talking about i didn't think that he could do it and he 100 did do it but beyond that i did to a degree, hedge my bets with the Cincinnati Fear discussion in that first episode. You could go back and watch the VOD. Oh what I said there was, I don't think we need to look at this team as weak because of the coaching mishaps. I think that if these players can show up, they can actually perform and make a statement. But right now, I'm just worried about the environment. And clearly, they've shown that they've gone over that side of things. And so now, yeah, I'm going to bump them up the rankings. And I am happy to eat whatever awards I did say to the contrary. I should have just hedged all my bets, man. If I had said every team maybe could have done it, I would have been perfect. It's okay. I mean, hey, we'll talk about digging a little bit. Oh, God. Ooh. I, I remember, I don't know. I seem to remember some hedging coming out of Bonfire. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I, recall, I recall the words, this is going to be a hedge coming out on the podcast out of Bonfire's mouth. But I, I'll, oh, I'll find it. I'll trim it later on. Maybe. Maybe I won't. Oh, I was just saying, he's just talking about shrubbery there, you know, completely distracted. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so, 
I think my boy Perry definitely showed up as well for Cincinnati Fear. Uh, I think he was somebody I was really high on, but who I was who I wasn't very high on, uh, but ended up performing really well. I think was Trevor. I think Trevor's like really the unsung hero of this uh, Cincinnati Fear squad, especially in the series against CLG Faith, especially in Game Two of the series against CLG Faith. If if anybody remembers the the Sketch Dreams Tristana game. Where Trevor and Minwee, oh. they just demolish bot lane at level one by camping in Tribrush. They unlock Trevor's Renata, and he just spends the entire game ruining CLG Faith's day. The game's over in like 20 minutes. It's, you know, it was a bit of a masterclass, honestly, from, from Trevor in that series. He doesn't die the whole time, and he just slams CLG Faith. Let's be honest, Gordo. It was over in two minutes. That tribush cheese ended the game. It was absolutely depressing to watch as someone who's still trying to ride that CLG faith high. Um. Also, I hate to be that guy. And, I, and this is the only hedging I'm going to do is I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be the true. jerk. Yeah, I do like being a jerk. I like <laughs> bad villain laugh. I'm going to go full evil here. I went to the dark side. I'm going to say it. This is not sustainable. Like, I'm just going to be that guy. This is a good start, but if we judge the MLB season after 10 games, the damn Twins would be the champion of the world. This is not sustainable. This is four games for most of these teams. Cincinnati Fear played a provisional team in AOE and Immortals, who look like a provisional team. Um, it, at the end of the day, this is not sustainable in my opinion. And so, look, I'd love to believe, right? I want to hop on this train with you guys. But tribush cheeses and, 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 you know, players overperforming our expectations, I don't think is going to continue to be sustainable. I think that maybe you could bunk people maybe a spot or two up than we started. But I don't I, I think that I think Cincinnati fear. I don't think there's any way they finish above 13. I still think they ended the season at last. That is me going dark side. And I'm sorry for that. Actually, I'm not. Whatever. Speak for yourself. I'm sticking with 15. I hope that they fail, if I'm honest. <laughs> I know. I'm sticking to my prediction. I don't yeah. want to like, perform here and there. That's fine. Maybe get higher, but I stick to 15 for my sake, okay? The color casters have gone evil. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I mean, it's going to be kind of <laughs> tough to fall that low at this point, though. I mean, they took, they took a game off Golden Guardians Challengers. They took a game off TL Challengers. It's gonna be difficult to like to go back to Earth after uh, after a start like that. But uh, you know, moving on, I want to talk about Wildcard here a little bit too, because Wildcard, you know, they arguably have the the craziest start here. Yeah, with that two over Immortals that Bonfire brought up, uh, and and against AOE as well, and against um, yeah, no, just those two teams. They played four games this week. Uh, Wildcard, you know, we talked about Moose Hater a little bit already, but I really feel like this has been a full team push across the board. I mean, Keel looks absolutely insane, uh, and this seems like unique meta read seems to really be what's pushing them ahead. They played four games of Callista. They keep having uh, these engaged supports, the Blitzcrank and the Alistair out of Duo King. Uh, they have super high Zac priority, and they flex it between top and jungle, and they always pair it with the Orianna out of Soligo. Uh, you know, this is a way different look than it feels like any competitive team is playing anywhere else. Uh, but I mean, it works for wildcard and they're crushing it. 
So on the topic of wildcard, what I will say here to just quickly be responsive back to the madness coming out of Bonfire and TDS is I think that fear in my eyes, given the performance against some of these harder hitting teams like TL Challengers, I do think that they're going to sustain a very good win rate throughout the split. Wildcard, I'm a little bit more iffy on, but that isn't to say I wasn't blown away by the performance in week number one. My question is, is this unique read on the meta that you're talking about, Gordo, going to sustain them for long enough to actually become a dominant? dominant competitor because for me there is a whole lot of value that comes out of putting the high priority on the zach and hey oriana is getting buffed in the future but it feels like especially something like Callista blitzkrieg that we're seeing out of lens and duo king is something that will be solvable will be answerable as these teams get more into the groove of the season and i think that there's going to be an even bigger shakeup bot lane that can make this read a little bit more iffy with all of freaks changes coming in the near future yeah, that's kind of what worries me a little bit. And, you know, we see this with teams at Tier 1 all the time as well, where, like, a team will be ahead on the meta read, and it'll really kind of boost them ahead of where they maybe would be on, you know, mechanics and skills alone. Uh, I, CLG last season, I think, really comes to mind as they were really far ahead on, like, the Yone flex pick and stuff uh, and ended up really coming out far ahead as a result of that and then couldn't really sustain it the whole way through. And, I mean, it's hard to tell because they've been able to play this weird style all four games so far, but that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for on Wildcard to see. Will people still let them play this stuff, and what, what do they go to after? That's kind of... I, I love that you guys touch on it, although it takes away from my opportunity to speak about it mainly, but the fact that bot lane shakeup is going to be so big does give me a little bit of worries for a couple of teams here and there, not only wildcard, but the fact of the matter is that with this big of a change coming through, and it's essentially going to be, I think, tomorrow or, two, or in two days that that change-up is already coming up, they still have at least an opportunity to play with the, with the meta read that they have and maybe stack up on some wins. But how much does that impact the team? Kalista, I don't think it's going to be a meta pick, so that kind of gets taken away because of how some of the changes will impact some of the more traditional AD carries. And I think that in if that in that way you get a semblance of your top laner no longer can take advantage of those picks and then your bot lane is the one that needs to be the one that responds to the plays, then I'm kind of worried with wildcard. But overall I do still think that they're going to be the the stronger provisional team just because of some of the names that they have, and particularly because I think that, and this can go with all of the teams that are currently on the top, uh, on the top of the, of the uh, standings, they have a really good performing jungler, and I think that that is going to impact a lot of how these teams end up playing because those junglers are performing really, really well. Contrary to how I, I believe it was going to be last week. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. I think, actually, Gordo, I remember we were kind of talking about this. I think that there's it's just going to be a huge issue for them, uh, the lens thing that you talked about, because right now they are playing through their um, mid-jungle and top, and Boost Hater is playing really well. Saligo really impressed me as well. He was close to being my uh, player of the week, um, and I think he'll played super well as well. Uh, Duo King as well, so I, I guess the more I say, the, the, the less I believe. But, man, Lens as an 80 carry was just like, non-existent damage wise um and you said he was like a utility ad carry almost so they have that meta read but league of legends is all about adaptation someone's gonna steal it i mean there's 16 teams 
someone's going to steal their plans. They're going to make out like bandits and a better team with a better ADC is going to just do it better. And that's the issue is you need to have a lot of different meta reads. And uh, at the end of the day, better players, I think, prevail. I, I think good tactics can only take you so far, in my opinion, if you're one-sided. Now, per se, they find another meta read, then we can change. But in my opinion, I think the talent's just going to surpass them at some point. Well, here's the other thing, though, right? Is is this even is this even superior tactics, right? Because nobody else is playing yeah. Callista Blitzcrank bot late right now. Like, I think... Uh, does this only work at this level of competition or do they have something like really figured out that nobody else does is like a big question as well. Like, is this just going tactics, to baby. stop working rather than is it going to be <laughs> stolen is what I'm more worried about. The best, the best they can hope for is that someone like TSM or CLG Faith steals it so that nobody wants to play it. Oh God. Slayer's not even here to defend TSM TDS. That's just a that's just a blind shot at Team Solomon. They can't even defend themselves, so it's okay. <laughs> Look, I agree that right now Wildcard is in a precarious position regarding their ability to actually keep on this new wave of momentum that they have. But regardless, we gotta even be impressed with what they pulled up up until now. Because let me tell you, Bonfire. Immortals challengers would not look like a provisional team unless they were playing against wildcard gaming who basically gapped them in both of those games. And so when you look at the standings, I just find it hard to say that these teams are going to be relegated into that 15th or 14th slot. Uh, just because we're already seeing that some of these other challenger teams, these mainstay teams are struggling a bit. GG challengers in particular is one that we had all voted as relatively low to begin with in our first episode. And I think that narrative is continuing here. Sure. They took a game off of fear, which is such a weird way to phrase it. We'd imagine that it'd be fear yeah. to take a game off of GG. But honestly, at this point, I think that they're already leapfrogging a clear two challenger teams and from there i actually think that these provisionals are going to make a big splash and continue to do so yeah and i think that's the hunger that we kind of discussed a little bit which is like how much does gg and immortals actually care about the nacl and it's such a bad way to put it and i hate that like that's the angle i have to take but it's true and and i think that's what it comes down to is fear and wildcard are hungrier right now gg and immortals don't really look like they care that much, especially Immortals, man. I was just blowing. Like, sure, give Wildcard their roses. They played well. But, man, Immortals, they looked very mortal. They looked sub-mortal. I won't defend Immortals. They can go do whatever they want. But just your wait. GG are going to perform. No, especially no, no. That Ray will finally get to play AD carry and actually carry out the games. I believe Ray has been looking good. So I, I just, just your wait, just your wait. It's going to show up. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I do think. By the way, I'm gonna call it three teams. I know you want to leave the TSM bans until Slayer can be on next week, but I think TSM is down yeah. there with them as well. I think, you know, Hauntzer and Svenskeren looked a little bit better than expected, but. I'm pretty low on them, but you know, let's transition this. I want to talk about who we think really is does belong deepest in the bottom here, because the standings are going to take a little while to really shake out into a more sustainable position, right? You know, you play while you play four games to six games in a week, you only play two to three teams, so you still aren't really 
you know, normally in like an LCS or an LEC split, when you've played four or six games, you've played the majority of other teams in the league, and it's like a really good reflection of where you belong relative to everybody else. That's not the case here, because you've only really played a couple of other teams, and there's more other teams in the league that you've yet to experience. So you've you've paid a like sub 10% or a little bit over 10% of the other teams in the league at this point. So based on what we've seen this week, who do we have bring it up the bottom? Who's the worst team in the league? I want to hear. Uh, Lord Lopoli, forgive me, but it has to be CLG Faith. I think that there's two defensible answers for this, and the answers are CLG Faith and FlyFam, given that the only games out of the six that they played that they've taken off of anyone else is against one another. But I think that CLG Faith, unfortunately, is the one that is truly scraping the bottom here. And I have a pretty comprehensive argument for why, as I watched basically with those like eye holding open devices that you saw in a clockwork orange every single one of their games but man they just aren't winning lanes and then they therefore have to funnel nxi and the problem with funneling nxi is that he's still like a mid-tier jungler at best wow nxi a mid-tier jungler in the nacl i never thought i'd hear that um yeah i'm gonna have to uh, you said there was two defensible answers i'll take the other one fly fam look bad man like Lunacia looks like, like I'm sorry, Lunacia. I really am. Like I don't want. I I feel bad. You know, you're just trying to make your way into challengers, but I don't know, man. Fly Fam is just kind of rough. And this is the issue that I had also with both of these provisional teams is that is like the third tier of a LCS like uh, a, a organization. Like how much does FlyQuest really care about how Fly Fam does? I don't think they're giving them that much resource. And the, and the same goes with CLG Faith. So, yeah, I'll agree with you. CLG Faith sucks. But FlyFam, if it was possible, wins the battle of the bad in my eyes. Yeah, I will I will take Bonfire's side on that to some degree. And that I think CLG Faith also gets the, the wonderful excuse of Sketch hasn't been playing AD Carry for a while. They had that last-minute substitution plus roll swap in their bottom lane. Uh, and I think that is the role where they really looked the worst this week, I would say, all in all. I mean, sure. But also, as the person who is both a support main and also the person who called it the baby food role in episode one, I, I think that there's like an argument that Sketch won't be able to get their legs back in time for this split to like, it, it, they're back in time during the split to really have a chance to stabilize faith, you know? I think that they could still be bottom of the barrel. If your excuse is one of the players is bad because they haven't played their role for a while, and that's why they um, could potentially outrank fly fam is worse than the league i just feel like that's not an actually very good argument unfortunately gordo yeah look there's definitely it still goes back and forth a little bit but the thing that really worries me about fly fam for why i think they're what does it mean to outrank somebody for worst of the league by the way i think that means to be worse <laughs> than them not to be better yeah, to than be them by the way but anyway uh i i think the other problem with fly fam here right is i think given where these players are at in their careers you know and the experience that they've had i i would say that lunacia kind of looks the best out of the three uh as far as the lanes go i think goo is probably the best looking player on fly fam all in all but you know i i mean i think if you're a fly fam fan a, a triple f as it may be you uh would probably be hoping coming into this season that the reliable lane would be bot that you would be able to go and play through instinct and sword on a consistent basis um but they look 
arguably like the worst of the three lanes in my opinion and that's certainly not a good place to be given how early in their careers blaze and uh and lunasia are it's kind of hard to to really go against it i think that those are the two clear answers honestly i won't go against that i was trying to think if there was anyone else but honestly no one stuck so far out to me as being that bad i will say though that i'm more on the side that cog fate is the worst of the two particularly for two reasons i do think that flying fam still has more opportunity to to showcase themselves i will defend them maybe it's it's the roasting the classes in a way but it is also a team that is coming off of fight quest and now that papa smith is there he has proven previously that he does care about trying to at least provide something for these teams so i i don't think that it's going to go untouched in case something goes wrong or anything like that and i think that it's a team that can improve a little bit more they also were i think between the two closer to actually taking a game another game apart from themselves against another team and they fell short so i think that they also have their positive lights to try and play off of that. And I still stand with what I said on CLG Faith, that I think that they have the two, or uh, potentially two of the worst laners in the whole NACL. And I think that that's going to be really, really against them. Particularly mid lane. I think that Turnock hasn't been great to say it like that. And I honestly, and I think he's probably the worst mid laner. I think that that's a fair analysis. I actually kind of thought Saranok exceeded expectations, even if those expectations were on a really, really low bar. I think Bijani honestly looked a little bit worse to me, but that's just because I think on balance right now, top lane is kind of a place that you're seeing a lot of junglers focus, a lot of teams focus um, overall. But I think that it's pretty clear that as four and probably as five, I'm not going to speak for Slayer, but I will assume that we have kind of determined that CLG Faith and FlyFam share that bottom rung together as to who stacks on top of who you know who's to say we have a little bit of argument there but the other thing to note is just because of the format i think it is a little bit hard for us to say that there's another team that's really in the same stratosphere of them in terms of their quality just because everybody else that's kind of at that one win milestone or has only played four games versus the full six that we saw out of faith and fam I will, this is my hot take, uh, I was going to say for the episode, but I've already had a couple. This is my hot take <laughs> for this specific topic, and that is that these two teams will not end as the worst team in the league. I think TSM, and this is not just because I hate TSM, um, will finish the last, because they needed to get off to a hot start to show that these veterans cared at all, and they weren't just chasing a paycheck, and man, they did not. And I think FlyQuest and CLG for their credit, have room to grow and they are hungry for a position. I think TS, I think they're just absolutely phoning it in right now. And as Gordo alluded through the rumor mill, it isn't even much of a paycheck that they're chasing right now. If everything they're talking about, about TSM wanting to offload these tier two orgs is kind of coming true. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about or veteran players with established paychecks, not caring about their Academy performances uh, or challengers performances. Rather. I think the LCS subs coming in this week are some of the worst Ooh. performances that we saw of blaze olive and chime i think both looked real rough and i mean you know they're coming in with low practice with the teams you know obviously they're on teams that are missing core players but wow i mean i especially i think a blaze olive i would have expected a lot more from this week and i was pretty disappointed in his performance he received votes for rookie of the year over danny like isn't that crazy and now he's getting clapped by academy mids man just roll back the clock. 
I will defend Chime a little bit. It is, once again, the baby fuel role. I should probably stop digging my grave for all the support mains that probably are in my audience, given that I, too, am a support main, uh, by saying it over and over again. But I think they looked respectable, uh, mostly based upon like their performance with Wild Turtle in their series up against Dignitas in particular. You know, they went 0-0-17 on that Nami in the second game, and that's got to stand for something. Sure, maybe they didn't impact the map. They didn't show the hunger that some of these other supports in the league did but i do think that they are still a cut above our listings for people coming in from the lcs as subs yeah i mean they they did also get clapped by substitute support player on fly challengers <laughs> uh kitong my boy looking like an all-star up against wild turtle and chime i'm yep. trying i'm trying to create some kind of substantive point here to stack these two i think anyone could look like an all-star against wild turtle <laughs> I second that. That was like I, that. That is the complete opposite of what of what wild turtles should look like. Honestly, that was yeah. You fun look like a, like that. You look, you look like a calm tortoise. That ain't wild yeah. turtle. That's calm tortoise. <laughs> it was. All right. Let's let's try to get a little bit more positive with it though. So let's talk about like players on on teams that maybe people aren't super hyped on after week one that uh that impressed us you know players that we think are hype on maybe teams that we think are not i guess i'll eat faisal humble pie again i mean he i think is the clear standout choice because not only does he exceed my very low expectations from the first episode but i think that just in general he was a very very good top laner i think that he sits there firmly in the upper half of the entirety of the league especially given how hard some of these other top laners on these established teams performed yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I think every team um, that has their record has it for a reason. Uh, I think most disappointing team that has the highest potential. So I know I'm kind of like changing the question. I'm sorry, but I think EG obviously one and three start not ideal. They're going to go back. They're going to get chewed out by their coach and uh, they'll perform better in the future. So, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed by like Shaden and Sol and all the people we were really hopeful for, but Rambo wasn't there. Like, I think there's, you know, reasons to, you know, be like, well, blah, blah, blah. Same with Hunter Thieves. Um, and I think they bounced back. I think that's my kind of twist on the question. Yeah, they're... They're going to go back to the locker room. They're going to get Ryoma and King back, which is half their team. And yes, <laughs> and arguably the best parts of their team. And I just want to chime in because I've been trying to actually say that GG can be good. And I think that there's a player that also shined in GG, even though it wasn't necessarily the biggest shining because GG is GG. But I think Young performed higher than expected, potentially. And I think that for what GG was trying to achieve, Jung was a lot of their shining light. Like a lot of the games that could turn positively for GG were on Young. I think that I even think that some of the ways that they lost the game were Young trying to do a little too much because he was one of the main things that GG could actually push through with trying to win. And I feel like Jung, at least him and Ray, have been looking good to try and give some positives for that GG roster. And I still believe in them. But uh, certainly, Jung is doing a good job, at, uh, at least from what I expected originally. Yeah, no, I definitely agree there. I, I mean, Young is like the reason I wrote this question. I think Young was was the two games that Golden Guardians won are one hundred percent. I think on Young, he had that Silas game against Hundred Thieves where he kept stealing a Moomoo ultimate from Light Pulse and and just dominating team fights. And then he had that Cassidin game that was against uh, I think it was oh yeah, it was Cincinnati Fear. Um, 
which is one of the few games Cincinnati Fear lost this week. Uh, and his casting was just nuts. Ended up really hard carrying quite a few fights there uh, and making a big comeback. So I, I was really impressed with Young as well. Somebody else I'd want to shout out uh, for featured players on bad teams. I think Wixie looked really good, man. I mean, Immortals is on fire, I think. They're they're really not looking great um, without Balulu. Uh, but it, I think Wixie, you know, he wasn't able to close with the leads, but he got some big leads. Yeah, that you, dude. That was immediately going to be my response because we watched it together, and I kept telling you, I was like, "Man, Wixie, I've never seen a worse eleven and four Zary in my entire life with a Lulu support. How do you have no impact on the game with this lead? Like, geez." So I, I see what you mean. I think it's just about finishing for Wixie. He's proven that. I think the best part of his game is getting the gold. I think it just means you know turning that gold into a nexus. I think that's really what it comes down to. I just want to talk about players that we want to see more from uh, and players that we're going to have a close eye on coming into the next week to kind of bridge our way towards the next week here. I guess I'll start here by talking a little bit about Sniper because he didn't hit my ballot for the player of the week, but still a lot of hype around him. So how can I not want to see more of him regardless of what his performance was out of these first few weeks if it, or out of these first few matches? If it was the case that he was running it down, I would say, we'll see if he's able to improve. Even, if, But the fact that he was pretty dominant makes me say, I want to see him up against more of this top lane class. I really want to see exactly what strata he exists in. And I think that he is going to be one of those focal points that's going to keep me coming back to 100 Thieves, even if they are no longer that number two in my full rankings. We'll see if they'll be able to continue to evolve and maybe climb back up to that spot yeah i will say he was dominant against concept and add so we'll we'll see how the harder matchups end up going for sniper i by the way i gotta give it to tds from last week man you you called it on uh, add dude he is struggling in this league yeah he's maybe he's removed a little bit uh okay i have to say matchup the week everyone should watch dignitas cloud nine my, my Dignitas boys, three and one week, you know, the number one team in the league doesn't always need to have the best first week. And uh, they're rearing to go against Cloud9. They're ready to take down some Cloud9ers. Um, and so I'm really excited for that matchup because I think we all agree. Dignitas, great team. You know, some would even say the best team in the league. And that would be me. Uh, but they really haven't faced enough competition. This is where they show everybody. Come on, Dig. Show out Saturday, 4 p.m. This is where I hope that they can prove me right and I can hop on this next episode and be like, I told you so. It's a good color. Honestly, I don't think Dig is going to be the number one, but certainly it's, it's bound to be a good matchup. And I honestly was thinking about who I want to see more from. I was thinking at first AP because I, even though I do think that he started well, uh, I feel like he can still perform even better than this. But it's on the other player that I'm a really big fan of and that I was saying at the start that he should already be LCS. But his performance this week was more... I wanted to see more from him and it's so. I honestly think that he... For a player that I was expecting to be in the top contention for top laners in the league, I feel like he didn't perform that well this week with EG. And obviously, the whole VG in itself didn't feel that strong, obviously. But, I, I, like, I'm this player, I'm saying that he's going to be top, top three at least. And this is not the performance that I'm expecting from top three player. So hopefully he can turn around because I do think that he's a really good player and that he can perform when it's needed from him. Yeah, I'm a little bit back to earth on Soul as well there. He's... uh 
he didn't perform his best. I still I want to keep saying though that EG's missing half their team, and I really want to see what they look like with the real team. Um. Also, I know that I said a matchup, and so if I do want to say a person, um, if you know me, you know I'm a TL fan. Got a flag behind me right now, repping that dark blue and, and white. You know, big TL guy. Um, and I, I'm I'm repping a, a, a TL alumni in Jenkins. Obviously, plays for the the light blue right now. Um, but I thought he played well. I actually thought he played really well. I, I talked about how him and Copy really felt like they were some of the best players of the of the week for me. But I still feel like there's another echelon for for Jenkins. I think his team fighting is great. I think his flanking is maybe best in the league. I'll be honest. He finds some angles that you would just would never expect, and he starts fights in super creative ways. But his laning, you can get your laning down, Jenkins. I think you've got some LCS money waiting at your doorstep. I will say that one of the things that impressed me about Jenkins is the fact that he's also one of these players who's pushing the meta in ways that I am happy to see. While he was playing the pretty standard Cassante up against the in-house versus CLG Faith, he was busting out the um, Kled, he was busting out the Warwick, and that's impressive to see, especially when Lunasi was just rocking up with bog standard Renekton for yet another set of games. Yeah, we'll give it there. And, you know, I, to, to branch off Bonfire's highlight series, though, you know, I think a, a fun player to keep an eye on this week, especially because this is going to be a big test week for Dignitas, by the way, because while they do play against Cloud9, they also play against CLG. Um, so a couple of 4-0 teams in the future for, for Dignitas. So Bonfire's either right or wrong after this week. I mean, some of the other <laughs> contenders for the top, they're either going to have some wins or some losses against him here. But I, a player that I'm going to be looking at to make that happen is going to be XU. Uh, I, I came in to this split a little lower on Mr. XU, uh, but I think he had a great week. I think his Lee Sin game in particular uh, was was pretty dominant. Uh, I thought he had some pretty solid performances on. I, I think it was Wukong. I'm thinking. I'm I'm picturing an XU Wukong game in my head, but maybe I'm just imagining it. I know he played some Sejuani as well, some Vi. He had quite a few really good performances over the weekend against TL first and uh, whoever else that's Dignitas a, played. That, that's my Lee Sin King, man. That is the Lee Jeez, Sin. That's probably the best Lee Sin in the academy. I'm, I'll be be honest. XU's my guy, and I agree. He needs to show out, uh, but he has. So I don't think it's I don't think it's much of a necessity. Like we need to see him. I think it's a lot more like keep going. Yeah, I, I'm checking myself here. I'm uh, I'm incorrect. He did not play a game of Wukong, but uh, so I'm rem clearly remembering somebody else's impressive Wukong game. But everything except for his Graves game, I thought was pretty good. Where uh, you know he got a little he got a little out pressured by Sven Skarin in one of the TSM games. But outside of that. Uh, he was dominant, he was really impressive, uh, and he really got his laners going, especially Insanity, um, who, you know, we came in super hyped on in general, uh, and now has to play against a menace who, as we've established, is that guy. All right, so let's talk a little bit uh, as the LCS season is about to kick off. It is Tuesday night when we're recording this. It will probably go up Thursday morning right before LCS gets started. Let's talk a little bit about the wider ecosystem around NACL and maybe highlight a few players that we think could be LCS relevant in this upcoming split. Yeah, and I think when you look at the LCS, I think there's a huge gap in, like, the, the, the top five teams are the top five teams. Like, they look great. Um, and, you know, obviously that's going to be Dignitas, Cloud9, 100 Thieves, Evil Geniuses, 
um, CLG to an extent, Team Liquid to an extent. Um, but then the bottom three and, or four, I think are really where a lot of these academy players are going to see time. Um, and I think what you're really going to look for, um, especially with the current meta, is just a jungler. To, I think to shake things up. Because I think a lot of these teams, the jungler is at this point with the meta, the shot caller. And so I think a lot of these teams are going to be looking for junglers. Um, and there's a lot of good junglers in Academy. I think we talked about a lot of them and how they can impact a map. And so I don't have a player continuing with my weird trend of not answering Gordo's questions and it's just kind of rambling. Um, I don't have a jungler. I'm just saying, keep an eye out for the jungle role. If you need a new style, if you need a new strategy, if you need a new shot caller, I think Spence Garen and other junglers could really be those guys. And I'm glad you bring that up because I was about to, to point into a player because I do agree more than likely is the junglers that are changing. But the more the most logical one and the most logical call is the one that has already played in the LCS. And we've known for a fact that LCS teams would rather go for the safe and secure so that they can try and salvage certain things than to actually commit to developing players because developing is a hard thing to do. So Esperance Karen would probably be the first one that I would see go away. I, I already think that a TSM is the one that it's going to call him up compared to any other team. So I do think that that's one of the first ones we're bound to see up there. On other sides, honestly, honestly, unless something completely goes wrong with mid laners, so Ligo could be one of those because he also does have LCS experience. And I think that he has been showcasing prowess compared to where he was previously. So I feel like that could be another angle, but it feels like mid lane in the LCS particularly should be quite safe in that regard. Yeah, TDS, I'm actually going to disagree with you there. I, I can name one mid laner I think is going to get replaced. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to coalesce all the shit we've been talking on a particular team all night long uh, and morph it into something that's actually a relevant discussion for the LCS. So... We brought up in the preseason uh, that, you know, ADD and Balulu were coming in as these import players on the NACL roster for Immortals, and Immortals' main team has an open import slot and two solo laners that had a pretty underperforming 2022. So, you know, we've we've mentioned how a Blaze Olive didn't look too good in the NACL. Uh, we've mentioned how ADD looked absolutely terrible. Uh, you know, if Balulu rolls up and he looks like how he looked at the TCL, he might have a spot on Immortals LCS before too long. Cause I, I do not think that team's going to be very competitive in the LCS, uh, and that's going to inspire them to make some changes. World's biggest Balulu lover, everyone, by the way. Gordo is just... This guy eats, drinks, and sleeps Balulu. It's unbelievable. I, I disagree, but I think that mid laners coming out of the TCL... You know, as long as we erase Blue from our memory, they've been pretty good. <laughs> oh, God. Remember Blue? Like Not you. 50 -50. You don't remember Blue. Yeah, 50-50. I am more, though, you know, at the same time, I clearly have nothing comprehensive to say here, but, you know, you got Balulu, you got Blue. Those are pretty close names, man. And so it could just be a repeat. That's a good point. What what say you, Gordo, about that? Uh, you know, I can't yeah, I can't argue logic. with that logic, man. I guess <laughs> I guess you got me. Well, you gotta you gotta bust that out in the courtroom one of these days. Or Your you Honor, know, he sounds like a guilty man. You know, I'm gonna triple down on uh, disagreeing with TDS that mid lane subs could occur. Ooh. Here's the other one: we haven't seen Diplex in the LCS yet, but Eminus is a monster. 
So yeah, that's another change that maybe could uh could show its its head at some point. This that's split a- Cloud Nine's made mid split changes before. Yeah, no, I think that's a good take. I think another one as well. CLG committed to having this Dame LCS roster. I think if they need a shakeup, I've spoken very highly about Jenkins. He did play with that LCS roster. They subbed him out for Dokla. I'm getting shaking heads of uh, of disapproval. I think you let let Jenkins cook. You know, let him cook in Academy for a little bit. He's going to cook up this beautiful meal, and CLG is going to eat. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> bonfire do you do you remember what their record was with jenkins in the roster you know yeah you know th- you know that was a long time ago he has you know he's marinated a little it bit you don't eat this time last year yeah it's years a long time are you are, are you the same man you were a year ago i know i'm not i think i basically am to be honest uh, <laughs> i was in oh, this room talking about league of legends this time last year i feel the I same know. I'm 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 a Jenkins hoper. I'm not gonna lie. I love Jenkins. TL alum. I, I'm a big Jenkins guy. You know what? I should be a big a big TL supporter here in the sense that I I I'm going to try and bring him up. I think APA should be pushing himself up if there's no actual mid laner that or actually if there's a mid laner that needs to be replaced. My number one choice would be APA because I have already said it. I'm a trial by fire kind of guy. It's football. It's football for me, and in that scenario, is always you throw him in. If he performs, he gets it, and if not, he still has chances. But he he will showcase himself, and I think APA can put himself in that in that opportunity. I'm not sure if it would be on TL, if I'm honest, but I think there's other teams that if they need a mid laner, APA would be the choice to me. See, if you're Gordo, you're thinking, Harry, worst mid laner possibly in the league going forward. <laughs> APA is a good show. Listen, I am a Harry hater. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, surely you think that's going to be a buyout or something, though, because I don't think TL's going to blow up their whole Korean speaking plan. Uh, I, I think if they need to bench Harry, I think they're getting the notorious POB, uh, the greatest Korean speaking oh. North American mid laner in the history of the league. Is but, he a streamer you know, now? He wants to return to competitive. He did put a tweet out there, if I'm not wrong. So he wants to come back. But you say Korean-speaking roster. It, realistically, what what we are not considering the fact that maybe the players below them that are in Korean are learning Korean so that they can fit in that style. Oh mm-hmm. my God! The Matrix goes deeper. They're just yeah. giving them dual. They're giving them Duolingo lessons before every match. <laughs> um, also, uh, noted Harry hater. We're sponsored by Manscaped apparently nowadays. Get it? It's a pun. Harry oh. hater. Manscaped <laughs> is shaving hair. Gordo's laughing, so I, I know Which that I hit the... from the bot. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, that is oh. true. Tedious. Do we don't have to post for legal reasons we aren't actually sponsored by Manscaped, yeah. although totally hit us up at the same yeah. time? No sponsorship. Hey, look at, look at myself. I'm pretty sure I can sponsor. I can actually be a spokesperson for Manscaped. So if they <laughs> want to, I don't think I'm Manscaped sells what you think they sell. No, 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 buddy. It, go, it, go, no, 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 it goes that way because if this is if this is up, if up here is, is like this, it's fine. <laughs> All right. I think we should jump off of this point before we get a more in-depth explanation of TDS's body hair situation. Case, yeah, I agree. Oh, goodness. Uh, and it yeah. all started with the Team Liquid mid laner. <laughs> I, I think we should put this on Bonfire because he is the TL fan. 
Well, I'm a Dignitas Challengers fan, all right? <laughs> on, this show, on this show, I'm here for Academy teams only. Yeah, exactly. The only NA in this team is NACL, baby. That's about an hour of recording. A fair bit of this is going to get chopped out, I'm sure. We'll see how much uh, by the time this actually ends up with people. But I think that's a solid hour that we have ended up with ourselves in here. So... I'm going to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to today's episode of The Salt Mine. We broke down a little bit of week one. We got a little bit off the rails. And uh, yeah, we all had a really grand old time. As another shout out, remember to check out NACLQs this weekend, where a fair bit of our beloved cast will be on the Team Ambition stream. And uh, check us all out on Twitter. Everybody's uh, links are in the Salt Mine's uh, Twitter bio. Until then, we will see you guys next week with another round of at least 36 NACL games and a week of LCS in the books all to talk about.